0: Making waves. Inspiring change. Opening doors to an equal future. Here on the and Global on Wheels Disability Advocacy podcast, host ming Candidate journeys with an array of guests through the multifaceted world of disability advocacy. Guests will share their insights and will discuss some of today's most crucial questions and topics, as well as provide perspectives into the current disability rights movement and lifestyles of people around the world. Let's make waves together in the disability movement. Enjoy the episode.
1: Welcome to the podcast show and thank you so much for taking time. So just a brief overview for our listeners. Uh, Amy is an actor and writer based in Essex, England. Uh, She was born with spina bifida and uses a wheelchair. Um, Amy is trained in musical theater at Mount View Academy of Theater Arts. So I know you've been, you know, um, given the global pandemic and all that's been going on or not going on. um, (laughs) How have you been occupying yourself in these last, I guess, eight, nine months, eight months? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's been
2: actually quite a while, hasn't it? Mm -hmm. Um, I was quite lucky because I was working with the Royal Shakespeare Company before we went into lockdown. And um, I was scheduled to finish with them in June, obviously technically finished in March but they kept us on. So we were doing little bits for the company from afar, like helping with homework online for students looking at Shakespeare. And we did a couple of online like digital plays and stuff like that. So that was really fun. And then I've managed to pick up a few bits of acting that has cropped up, like from a distance all over Zoom. And um, I'm quite lucky because I feel like I timed it really well, but I decided to explore writing a bit more. Um, which has come at a great time because I've suddenly got all this time to actually sit and write
1: and get on with it. So I want to get into like the heart of what you do, you know, what you love, your passion. Um, I was wondering, given that you're in the field of performing arts and theatre and how do you think more opportunities could be created for um, people with disabilities looking to break into break into, you know, the theater, either with with theater or TV shows or movies? I think with theater, the big thing is
2: physical access. And I'm speaking kind of um, from a wheelchair user's point of view. I I don't know if I can speak on behalf of um, everyone else with disabilities. Yeah, I know. It's always so tricky.
1: I'm (laughs) a a manual wheelchair user too. So it's always tricky to speak on behalf of, you know, all people with disabilities.
2: It's quite a big pressure, isn't it? I think everyone expects you to have the answers. And I'm like, I barely had my answers figured out until like maybe a month ago. Um, (laughs) um, But no, I think the big thing is access. Like theatres just aren't accessible. A lot of theatres aren't. Um, And even the theatres that are, there are complications surrounding it. Like I just did a tour where we got to one venue and yes, it was accessible but there wasn't an accessible toilet at the stage level. And to get to stage, you have to do uh, like a stair lift. And there are little things like that, that I worked with a great company that was like, yeah, we'll make it work. But a lot of other, you know, producers or whoever that maybe haven't got that experience, um, they would automatically think, oh, that's not possible. Um, So I think a lot of it is actual access. And then I think it's just awareness. You know, for me, I didn't really think about captioning Uh, you know having BSL interpretation and oh my goodness audio description there's so many things really when you think about it but I had not thought about that until I started working with people and you know um, having friends who needed that to access art Um, so I think a lot of it is just awareness and trying to get it more mainstream because I mean what we were just saying about you know I feel like I've worked with quite a few people in that circle but that's probably because I'm disabled, that I'm in that circle and know those people. You know, um, other actors my age with similar experience who aren't disabled, they wouldn't necessarily have a clue. They might, not, they might not have ever seen a deaf or disabled person on stage, which is kind of wild.
1: So I know one article wrote, um, I'm quoting the article, the idea of a Shakespearean character appearing in a wheelchair was so remote that Amy originally thought Shakespeare wasn't for her. What, so what was it like for you in the beginning, Amy? Um, and how has that progression been for you as you've become a more you know, seasoned actress? Yeah,
2: I, I mean, I went to... I trained in musical theatre not really knowing what possibilities are at the other end of the training. I just knew that I really liked musical theatre and acting and wanted to have a go. Um, and then I graduated and suddenly realised how few opportunities there were out there and I've been really lucky to kind of um, do a lot of things I didn't think I was going to be able to do like that article was, I think um, about my work with the Royal Shakespeare Company and it's true because I literally have had never seen um, someone in a wheelchair performing Shakespeare ever and you know i think since then i've been googling i think i've maybe found a couple but kind of less than a handful which just seems um well not right really because there's plenty of actors out there uh who are wheelchair users and so yeah i mean it feels great to be able to do that and to be making those steps being the operative word i guess um no i'm loving it i think the thing that um could be pushed further in uh well in the world actually is musical theater because i kind of did take a few steps away from music just because i felt like i was kind of coming up against a brick wall like they're just i don't think people were as open-minded but now of course like with ali stroker um over in america and everything i feel like we're getting there with that now but i don't know what it's like in america but over here Uh, kind of uh, Shakespeare's Globe and the Royal Shakespeare Company and some other Shakespeare companies, they've really gone for it with um, deaf and disabled talent on stage in shows. It's a work in progress, but it's definitely getting there.
1: So moving on to more of disability advocacy focused questions, Amy, um, I was wondering for, you know, just for people who are able-bodied and don't really understand why it's important to have people with disabilities, actors and actresses play those roles. Um, Can you explain why true representation is important in the, either in mainstream media or actually all, all platforms, all performing arts platforms? I think it kind of goes back to what we were saying earlier
2: about, you know, when you have a friend or a loved one who is experiencing a certain side of life um your eyes kind of get open to that like for instance I have friends who never really thought about looking for accessible venues for a night out or checking that a restaurant had an accessible toilet or or being aware that when we got somewhere with gravel that it was going to be a bit bit of an issue to get in the door Um, but because they now know me they think about those things but I've had to go through the process of of educating them about those things and putting my hand up and saying actually this is a problem for me and that's not easy or i feel anxious about this night because i don't know what's in store whereas if we if we had stories about that it would just seep into us we wouldn't have to educate because people would already have that kind of understanding within them because that's how we know things isn't it that's why we have fairy tales and stories in general is to understand things and to practice things before we experience them. So for me, it just makes sense that for all kinds of representation, of course, that's the aim. The aim is to understand what it's like for other people and to, you know, develop empathy. So it feels like such an obvious starting point (laughs) for, you know, um, understanding other people and trying to be better humans. And like, I'm not saying that, like, I know everything, There's definitely, um, there have been times when I've watched shows or um, films, TV shows, and I've gone, oh my gosh, yeah, of course. And I think that's what we're after. Also, the other side of that is sometimes bad representation um, is kind of good, (laughs) not in a good way, but just to turn around to someone and be like, you can see that this is bad because we all know when a story doesn't ring true when a story leans into, you know, um inspiration porn and all that. Um and if people can recognize those bad tropes and you know the the thing about all villains having a physical disability to represent what's going on inside of them. I mean when you actually break it down, it sounds awful and if people understand that that's awful and can recognize
1: that, then that's beneficial as well. Moving, you know, a little deeper on that, what suggestions do you have? I mean, I think I think for people with disabilities, it's easier for us to understand why true representation is important. And then for able-bodied person, p- perhaps it, it is a little more difficult and there's just that much of a hurdle. Yeah. Um, so what suggestions do you have for the performing arts world um, to help them be more inclusive of um, future individuals with disabilities who are looking to get into this field. Yeah, I think that we need
2: deaf and disabled uh, people at the top. Uh, you know, when something is being uh, thought about uh, from conception, we need to be in the room. Whether it's a deaf and disabled story or not, doesn't really matter. It just it's across the board. As soon as we start having, um, you know, producer who's a winner or a director or writer then the whole thing that everything that trickles down is going to feel more truthful and will benefit you know selfishly it's going to benefit us as actors and stuff because we won't have to go in and say oh actually no that doesn't really make sense or that's offensive and blah 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 blah. it will just all be there and it will benefit it will benefit everyone because what you get at the end is going to feel more whole I think so, yeah, I think that's the main thing, getting people in at the
0: top. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode and came away with some information that you can now take with you to create your own change. If you would like more information about and Global on Wheels, please visit traipsinglobalonwheels.com. And that's Traipsin, T-R-A-I-P-S-I-N. And for updates and other TGOW related news, follow our social media pages on Instagram and Facebook, both with handles Trapes and Global on Wheels, and then also LinkedIn and Twitter. You can find the links below in the description box or on our main channel page. We sincerely appreciate your support and we'll catch you again next time.